0: It's Music Day, a verified hit, and today's guests are Eddie LaVert, Johnny Gill, and Ralph Tresvant. Join us as we discuss how to stay up during the down, a conversation with three music legends. Stay tuned.
1: We're gonna tell you they want. Welcome to Music Day, a verified hit. This is the podcast that invites you to listen to the real life stories behind iconic music creators and legendary music executives. Today is one of those days where I love my job. I am in the presence of three amazing men, exceptional men. I mean, all I have to do is just say their first names and you know exactly who I'm talking about. Johnny, Eddie, and Ralph. These gentlemen all started their careers as young singers, still in school, and as members of iconic singing groups. You know them, you love them, and please join me in welcoming Johnny Gill, Ralph Tresvent and Eddie LeVert, Welcome. Hey.
2: Thank you. Thank you.
1: I'm so excited because I have to tell you millions of people owe their lives to you because they were created listening to your music.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> So I want to start with you, Eddie, because you founded the Mascots as a quintet at 16 in 1958, and 20 years later in 1978, Ralph founded New Edition at 10 years old. And both of you have talked about being a recording artist and performer at such a young age. So Eddie, why don't you tell me about some of the challenges of being in a group and the different opinions and parents and all that at such a young age?
2: Well, you know, everybody's gung-ho at that point, And everybody wants to split it. are going to split everything, even. We're going to, everybody's going to, everything, we're going to write everything, and everything's going to be, you know, we're going to be all together. And then once, uh, what, what the challenges got to be, the first challenge was when we moved from the East Coast to the West Coast, and like we all staying out there with H.B. Barnum, and uh, we get our own place, and now we we got to figure out how we're going to pay pay rent and all of that. Now, all of a sudden, guys start getting telegrams from home, talking about you need to come home quick before, before a, a catastrophe falls and come to find out that these guys are sending their own self these telegrams in order to get out and go back home. You know what I'm saying? So you find out that, you know, it's a lot of, it takes a lot of heart to stick with it and stay with it. And, and uh, you know, to, to be a, a real trooper in the music business.
1: That's true. How about for you, Ralph?
0: I think you hit it on the nose man it takes a lot of heart a lot of dedication a lot of sacrifice you know same same things we've encountered in being in the group as you start out everybody has this all for one one for all mentality and as time moves on you start realizing everybody's trying to take more of advantage of what they can pull out of it for themselves kind of thing and again it just starts with the wear and tear of just Having to put in the real work to get it done and keep it get, keep it being done repeatedly starts kicking in. And if you don't have the mindset and the heart for it, and you really don't have the passion to do this in a real way, it can weigh on you, man. After a while, you you know you start asking yourself, "What have you gotten into? I should or should I've taken another road in terms of being able to take care of myself?" But um, overall, it has to be uh, like you said, like Eddie said, the heart, the passion for it. And the dedication, man, to really want this, it, it, it kicks in after a while. After the hoopla, and you've had a few things come a few hit records, and some accolades have come. It's really hard to muster up the, that stuff that it takes to keep it going after a while.
1: hmm You got to keep going with it, for sure. For sure. Yeah,
0: because you, you get one
2: hit, and then it's, uh, you got to get the other one. Yeah. Now, mm-hmm. you, how good, you got to get another one. And so that takes... You know, a lot of people get get into their, you know, that superstar thing and then they they start feeling themselves. And you know, then 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 you can't you can't control that part of them because you suddenly suddenly you're looking at them like, who is this cat? I don't know who this guy is. <laughs> what happened? This is about the same person we left Canton with.
1: You know how did
2: how did he get like this so you have to deal with that the changing of people i i don't think entertainers really change i think the people around them change and that makes the entertainer has to change his outlook on them
1: Mm -hmm. mm-hmm that's true very well yeah and then for johnny you started your career as a teenager Signing your first record deal with Cotillion Records with Stacey Ladisaw at 16. And you know, you've always had this manly voice, okay? So, how did you deal with having such a strong voice at such a young age, dealing with women throwing themselves at you, you know, when you were pretty much jailbait at that point?
3: That yeah, was cool. I was ready to go to jail. <laughs> <dance. laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> benefits that's what I learned about the business as soon as I got in this was
1: benefits <laughs> oh. Oh. keep it real keep it real
2: I don't know how Ralph how you take it Ralph how you
0: take this guy only Johnny Gill man only Johnny
1: Gill <laughs> oh you two aren't off the hook how about you Ralph and Eddie how about for you two because you guys were young too how did y'all deal with it
2: Listen, well, Johnny did. <laughs> yeah, all <follow> of that cab. <laughs> I, I,
1: I, I know the brown
3: ain't get, saying nothing. At so one he, point, I forgot you had to pay for this. I was thinking, oh, this is what you get. <laughs> I want more hits.
0: <laughs> I feel the people said that it might uh it might incriminate me. I got. <laughs>
3: Everybody's got
2: a pass. Don't worry about it. Well, you know the reason why the reason why I actually got in the in in this game was because of the girls. You know, (laughs) and you know it wasn't about the money at first. You know, it was just like the girls are screaming. They they're wanting to get with me. They think I'm great. So this is really great. Then then all of a sudden. It hits you. We went and won a contest, and they paid us $25 for five guys to win a contest, same contest. And that meant $5 a piece. And all of a sudden, it hit me. You mean we can have girls and get paid? <laughs> <laughs>
0: hey. I'm like, this is the life. <laughs> better than us. We got, we got new addition. We got $15 for our first gig <laughs> And, and Ricky Barrel's sister was supposed to be our manager at the time. And right after we won the $15, we fired her because we didn't want to give her a cut. So we ain't got no money to <laughs> 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 no,
1: that's money hysterical.
0: We <laughs> <laughs> early. Yeah, we, like you. We <laughs> <laughs> in the money. Well, listen, while we only get a little bit of money, we got to split this up properly. We can't afford the manager right now. So, we're going to cut this out the equation early. <laughs>
1: we ended that relationship real quick. Huh? Oh, so let me ask you this. Now, Eddie, the mascots, you know, you guys went through name and member changes before becoming the OJs. And New addition, you went through member changes as well. And looking back, could you have done anything differently to keep the group together? Aside from Ricky's sister, obviously. I'm going to,
2: I'm probably going to end up in a lot of trouble. Uh, We started off with five guys and it started off the mascots. Then we went to the triumphs. Then we, and this, these were the same five guys, but, as we went to different record companies and different managers, well, here, change the name from this to, to this. We got down to King Records and, uh, and Sid Nathan wanted to make our name the mascot. So anything to get a record out. So uh, we were the mascots at first and then we, we got this name with uh, 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 Peaches which was Barry Gordy's ex-wife, and we 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 changed the name to Eddie O. J. From Eddie Eddie O. J was managing us at the time. And they couldn't think of the name for the group. So we said call the group the OJs. And so we went through all of these names and the guys, you know, it was it, it was five guys. And then all of a sudden, but it was only three guys that was the nucleus of the group. Mm-hmm. And those three guys was Walt Williams, myself, and William Powell. So when we lost the one guy to love, he fell in love with a girl in California. And he went, he says, I'm going out to visit her and I'll be back. He never came back. What? And then the other member, Bobby Massey, felt like he wanted to be a, a producer. And he never came back. Now, all of these guys wanted to eventually come back after... You know, they see in the big picture and, and, and we can we can make money at this and it can be successful. But no, at that point we had came down to the three guys that were really the backbone of the group, and that was the group. And so we had to make that decision that this is with these three guys we can do whatever we want and we can probably make it to the top. Hey. You did
3: jumped off the boat and they, they, yeah. and they- Back in on.
2: it wasn't that we put them out they put yeah, they them themselves out yeah yeah,
3: yeah. and that's really? that's pretty common that's pretty common like you said earlier <laughs> talk about being in this business uh sometimes you know people can can change you but i tell you when then there's there are artists that really truly get drunk it's the longest hide that you'll ever have because after you have one hit it's like crack you want another one and another one <laughs> And it's, uh, you know, being in this business is quite rewarding, but it has its, you know, it has its ups and its downs, mm-hmm. but um, yeah, yeah, it's, uh, you know, we've all just been really fortunate. We've been blessed, uh, as, you know, to, um, to be able to do this and do this at a high level uh, for so many years uh, has been, I mean, you you know, can not even put it into words how lucky, how blessed uh, we all are to yeah. be here with you even today.
1: And it's so true. You're only, it seems like you're only as good as your last record. So just having to cranking it out, you know, and then for you, you know, Johnny, when you were a solo artist, then you joined New Edition, then you joined LSG with Gerald LaVert and Keith Sweat. Yeah. yeah. And, um, you know, what were some of the challenges for you coming into an established group who had grown up together? Did you, did you ever feel like a fifth wheel at any point?
3: Well, yeah, I mean, it's like a new the, the new kid in the, in the classroom. I mean, you know, all the kids, the school year started and everybody knows everybody. And you're coming in and you're the new guy. So when I came in, I, boy, I got some shockers. It was like, there was a lot going on. And I, I just happened to walk into, I was like, I looked around one day and said, what kind of shit is this I done walked into? <laughs> hey, I, he looked at me, it was like, <laughs> I'm like, what is really going on?
0: I said, well, I said, "Welcome to new edition,
3: man." <laughs> <laughs> well, I,
2: well, I told you <laughs> well, <I>, <laughs> talking about, money. <laughs> the, You know, you you come in the game with these guys, and then you, after success, and after a little bit of money, all of a sudden, you don't know these guys anymore. Mm-hmm. This is God. This is God that we. We said all for one and one for all, and we're gonna do this together. All of a sudden, that's out the window, you know, and uh, now you're looking at him like this is a stranger. And How do you what,
1: deal with that, with those egos, and when things start shifting, how did you guys manage that and maneuver through that?
3: I, I really think we all have one thing in common, if you really wanna think about it, and it's not even just the money. Money is one, but something about, Hearing the audience scream and yell, and like Papa saying earlier, to tell you how good you are, or the feedback of what you're doing, is great. I think we all get high off of that, and I don't. I think that it really keeps you coming back for more. (laughs) It really does, and some people can't come off of that high. Yeah, some people get. You know,
2: what I found that most of the most of the artists that are like that, you know, what I'm saying, they get on that high and then they they can't come off of it, and then they 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 get themselves in trouble. From that standpoint, that they get into things that they can't get out of. Uh, you can't believe your own press. Yeah. You can't believe your own press because you know they'll tell you great today, but tomorrow they'll find the next guy. You know what I'm saying? The next guy is the 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 flavor of the month. You know you got to remember, and you got to keep putting it down. And Ralph and, and Johnny both can can testify to that. If you don't keep putting it down, you're going to be put that out. You're going to be put out.
3: Yep, yeah. 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 I've seen people,
0: I've seen fans. For I, me? Seen,
3: uh-huh.
0: Go ahead, Johnny. Go ahead, I'll let you finish first.
3: I was going to say, I've seen fans <laughs> actually <laughs> stand next to us and will look at me and approach me and go, Johnny, you're my favorite. And turn around and two steps two, two feet later, they would to go, hey Ralph, you know you're my
2: favorite.
3: <laughs> you realize yeah. ultimately yeah. that exactly. <laughs> they like what you do, but you ain't the only one. <laughs> <laughs> right. Don't ever don't ever tell yourself that.
1: They um, both and
0: they both hit it right on the nose though, man. If it, it's the fans. At the end of the day, my sum it up is the fans, man. Asking for more, you wanting to please them again. You want to see if you can do it again. All those things come together to make you Make it keep striving for, it. you know, you have the biggest, but you want to always try to outdo the last thing that you did. Let me see if I can get more fans. Let me see if I can broaden this base. Let me see if I can outdo the number of records I sold the last time. And, you know, you just want to improve on yourself and the fans drive all of that for all different yeah. kinds of reasons, to hear the screams, to see them show up at the show, to see how many places you can pack out, how many you can pack at a place, or, or what it might, whatever it might be, They, the fans at the end of the day they're the ones to drive you to continue doing what you're doing. I, you know, obviously, if they stop showing up, they stop screaming, if they stop asking for you and about you and checking for you, I think you would quickly lose the, the lustre for it. You would start feeling like it's over, it's a wrap. But as long as they keep pushing you and propelling you, you're back in that studio, you're back on that tour bus, you're back in the lab trying to make another run happen again to see if you can outdo what you just did. It's, it's ultimately based on the fans, man. For me, I know that that's yeah. been a
1: Mm-hmm. So you guys, all bottom have a line. Plan. Yeah. Yeah. So describe to me when you guys talk about this—the high of being on stage and having the audience yelling your name. I've always been curious. What does that feel like as an artist to be on that stage and having them yelling your name and crying? What is that? Describe that feeling for us, mere mortals here.
3: Oh, it's a good feeling. It's like sometimes when you one on one with your partner, and you go, "What's my name?" And she tells you, "Ego." <laughs> you it's just It's just—it's just, it's something about it. It just—I don't know. and <laughs> <laughs> hey, that works until she says the wrong name. Uh, Reggie. <laughs> wait, wait a minute. Ah. <laughs> uh.
2: Crazy.
1: I love it. Okay. So, <laughs> as I blush. Rafa Johnny, <laughs> when New Edition received a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame after a successful BET miniseries, that that was off the chain by the way, that miniseries, loved it. There was hope that there will be another New Edition tour and record. So I want you to, can you guys set the record straight about what happened and is there a chance that New Edition will get back together again?
0: Well, what-, what happened? It's, it's, there's a lot of different things that took place after that because we all were waiting for that run. But I don't think we could come together on who we was going to go out on tour with. BBD was in the process of working on a new project. I think they released a project. Actually, they did called Run. And that kind of threw us all the way back, because like, we thought we were supposed to be setting our setting time aside for solo projects and individual things for the new edition run to follow up on the story, the new edition story to follow up on the, the Hall of Fame. I mean, the Walk of Fame um, ceremony. All that stuff was supposed to be this time we was, we was gonna go in the studio and just start another run for new edition. And when that came into play, it kind of threw, well, me and Johnny, I know, it kind of threw us for a loop, but even still within that, we were still operating and, and working at uh, toward going toward another run, because we was working with, with Al Heyman at the time, right, Skills? Al we, they were With Al Heyman, trying to put together, this is a a promoter's been there for the, from day one with us, and we were looking forward to getting back with him, but we couldn't all come to terms and working with him and. It just kind of fell apart at the seams somewhere when we couldn't come together and figure out who we wanted to go out with. Um, but ultimately, it was the B V D trying to make a new run, so we kind of had to backtrack or we kind of just lean back a minute, and let them get through with what they was doing, and see if we can come back to the table. And then after that, we couldn't come. We couldn't come together on who was going to do the run with us. So it kind of fell apart.
3: Okay. Yeah. And with the name, I know you might be asking about that. That name happened to be available when we were looking up, looking for the name. Uh, you didn't mention earlier, of uh, estate, which was myself, Bobby and Ralph. And so the lawyer let, uh, told me that, the, that name was, the new edition name was available uh, and this is sitting out there. And he said that we need to definitely collect that, get that uh, before someone else gets a hold to it. So I said, great, well then put myself and Ralph on there. And then what we'll do is let's get everybody else on there. Once we get, we're gonna do an agreement amongst ourselves so that we can protect the integrity of new addition, which means that no one individual, that will always be all of us that will use that name new addition. So when you come, you won't see three, two or three different sets of new addition, you'll only see one. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's what the whole argument, the fight was about, honestly. Uh, and that's what, the, the, what our intentions were from day one. Uh, we all had worked in this and have made an impact and has contributed to this group and felt like at the end of the day, this was never about going, oh, we're gonna take the name and we're gonna keep it for ourselves and all that stuff. The guys just, and the guys was aware of it. It's just out of nowhere, it just turned into complete chaos, but they was aware of it. It was like, yo, let's get this contract and agreements amongst us together and, uh, and done so that we can, um, we'll, and then we'll get everybody's, put everybody's names on it in lockdown. and lock down. And fortunately, we were able to come to full circle with that and just closed out with getting that done with the agreement that we looked for, that we asked for, that needed to be done to protect the integrity of this group. Why it took so long, I don't know, but we got it done. <laughs>
0: yeah. and that's the, of the, the question. That, still- well, I guess that answers the question that there's still hope for the future. You know, that we'll we'll come together as we always have. This hasn't been the first time we've had back, you know, some sort of setback or some sort of obstacle to get over as as friends and as brothers. And we've always seemed to work out, work them out over, the, you know, it's almost 40 years now, which is still babies compared to Pops over there in his career, but at the end of the day, we've, throughout those years, there's been a lot going on. We've always been able to work it out and make it, you know, and see ourselves through it. So I don't see it being no different this time around either. We'll, we'll get back on there and hopefully sometime soon we'll be back out there doing what we do as as a full crew as, uh, uh, again sometime, so hopefully.
3: Yeah, they're gonna be my best friend after this COVID thing is over. And then <laughs> I get all my money again, then we ain't gonna like each other no more again. <laughs> I've seen
0: that story before, huh? Now <laughs> <laughs>
1: so all of you gentlemen, you guys have been in the business for decades. And for a young Eddie, a young Johnny, a young Ralph who is trying to get their music grouped together and become you guys one day, what advice would you give them in terms of starting um, the group, maintaining it and keeping the integrity? I love what you said about keeping the integrity of the group.
3: Yeah, um, one is when I'm sitting here right now and I'm looking at my pop, you gotta understand that one of my idols here and I'll tell anybody, any kid, anyone that's trying to be in this game, that you know it is important that first and foremost that you have people. That I mean, I can sit and listen to Pop tell these tell stories for days. When I go with him, sit down, I'm I just I'd be asking him a million and one questions, listening to um, these stories that I never get tired of hearing. You got to know where you come from and know the people and the shoulders that you ride on, in order to understand and know where you're going. And that's why. I love and respect and, and those that have come before, um, because I understand that that's what we have to carry that that torch, uh, and when it's been passed down, and it's important to know and have your history and understand and know where it all started. So I love, and it's a, you know, that's my dad there, and I still to this day, uh, riding along. Sometimes you hear some of the songs uh, on the radio, and you, and they come on, and you think out of all of the things that have ever happened to me in my bu- in this business and my greatest rewards, I would have to say it hasn't been the money, it hasn't been the accolades with the trophies. It's just been people like Stevie Wonder, people like my dad that I get a chance to sit and get more uh, information and, uh, uh, and education about where this all started and how they came along and how they opened the doors for me. That's what I get my, my greatest reward.
1: I love that. How about Eddie for how about from your perspective? What's some advice you would give?
2: You you, got to be dedicated to it. You got to mean it from your heart. You know, like um, it was never like Johnny said, it was never about the money. You know what I'm saying? The money just was part of it. Absolutely. You know, because I wanted to do it for my family and so my family would have a better way to get into life, uh, a better opportunity. I could open doors, and they could go through the doors and make it happen for themselves. So all of that to say that, that you know, you got to put it in. You got to mean it. It's got to be it's got to be your, your wherewithal. I don't mean your everything, but your wherewithal. It's a job, and you got to work at it, and you got to keep working at it. And the more you put in it, the more you can get back when
0: it's because it's, it couldn't be very rewarding at the end
1: how about for you Ralph?
0: i mean they just summed it up there's not a lot to add to that you know <laughs> that humility that humbleness that you're still seeing pop after all the success and all the years of being in the industry that that says it all right there that's what i look up to that's what i look forward to and that's what i think has held us and myself in new addition throughout the years <laughs> having a certain amount of humility about it, a real reason that you're doing this. It's not about the money. It's not about, I just want to see your family and your mom not working for hotels and scrambling the way that they were scrambling as you was coming up and you wanting to be a part of changing that. That's, that's the drive that'll keep you doing the things that you normally would give up on you know you the thing. right when it seems like you would normally give up you remember those days when your mother was scrubbing floors and your pops was struggling selling iron and copper or the junk yards or whatever it might be it was coming up in them hard times like that and it goes you know what what i'm doing right here is a piece of cake compared to that let me go on and keep rehearsing let me get better at what i'm doing let me keep striving to jump on this stage and on this tour it's it all makes it make sense to you so what i'm doing is a lot better than I could have been doing or what I know my pe- the people that, that raised me were, were doing. So I think it's those humble moments and those humble times and that humility right there that allows you to see the bigger picture and understand that you got it easy and take advantage of it, take advantage of it. You
1: know? you know, the three of you guys have such a great synergy. Even before the call started, I mean, I've been laughing, just watching you guys, it's a reality show that I would watch. How about uh, OJ's and new edition tour.
2: Well, you know, you know, I tried to get that going one time with Michael Vivins out of B because I thought it would have been a great idea, you know, but, you know, mm-hmm. they look, they look at, they look at demographics and, and a lot of times the business gets in the place of creativity because yeah, of the fact that they'll say what well, the OJ's that's all and the new addition is today. But we're talking about presenting something to the people that will be special and that they will spend their money on. And you can't let that be your, you, you, you can't let age and, and whose music is dated and who's not, long as it's people that you can put butts in the seats mm. and sell tickets because it's about business. It's not about none of that ego stuff. This is business. You got to remember it, uh, that, first of all, when you tell Young at young Acts, it's about business. This is about making money. This is a business. This is not a joke. This is like when you're thinking about those things that your you, your ego is involved and in, um, well, uh, we can't come to an agreement. The agreement is that it's about business. Let's mm. do business. Let's come together and make this money. Let's yeah. come together and do and do business. And we also
3: we have a responsibility as um, as as artists and OGs or professionals in this game, also as well, to bridge the gap. And that's the problem that we have when it gets so focused in on just the business, and it gets in the way of the creativity, the creative part of it, because. You know, one thing we know for sure whether you're old young or new it doesn't matter one thing that we do know for sure a great a hit record or hit records are hit records it doesn't matter how what day they came out that's why they call them classics that means people are <laughs> here still all over the world young and old <laughs> and so this thing that we have where it's everything it's just based on my targeted audience and your targeted audience it's like people can't sometimes just don't have the vision to understand that. Also, it's just as important for us to continue that to carry the tie that bridges uh, the gap and to allow these generations to continue to grow and continue to blossom so that they can continue to do what we're doing. And everything is so segregated. That's what I hate about this business. Yeah. They yeah. more than anything, everything, Absolutely. everything is based on numbers, everything is based on what How many followers everything and yet so at some point you lose really the essence of the true uh, of of this of this artistry by not allowing art to be art, allowing people to hear and see and appreciate great quality music and work, right. and it just gets all over the place. It's just everybody's dissecting everything, cutting it up and just separating everything, and it's just like, come on man, that's what it's killed us. that's what it's really brought yeah. us, right with knees today. Perfectly said.
1: Yeah, I agree. And, you know, looking at you guys and your career, I mean, you guys had the costumes. You guys were dapper. You guys sang music with lyrics about love and passion, and it just hit your soul. And what do you guys think about today's music and how it's kind of transitioned into a different realm versus...
3: Hell, if you want to know, I'm mad... (laughs) want know why I'm mad? Because them fools get to go up on stage on the, in the clothes that they woke up in and go around right up the <laughs> stage and they throw them turntables and they get to keep doing all of that and take all the money home. I got to dress up. I got to get my suit. I got to put everybody on the stage in clothes. I got to make sure everybody, I'm just like, what the hell? Did I just miss something? Maybe I'm in the wrong business. <laughs> <laughs> the wrong
1: error
0: skills. Oh, my God, you hit it on the nose with that one, maybe. No, no, you got to like... Uh oh, uh, uh. What, what I-
1: oh, Ralph, we lost you. You're
0: on mute. We lost you. You okay. sounded like that just now. That was hilarious, bro. What? <laughs>
1: <laughs> you just
0: bad like little Richard. I was the first one to woo, <laughs> and they didn't give me
3: nothing. Uh-uh, 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 shut up. <laughs> <laughs>
2: He just didn't use the shut up, right? Don't tie your
1: shoes. <laughs> <laughs> you
3: know, they didn't give me nothing. They didn't give me nothing. <laughs> <laughs> well, <What?
1: laughs>
2: you know, I, I think that I think the young kids are geniuses. They they are the dance music of today. I, I, I think that they and the way they put it together, that that's some creative. That's some really creative greatness. There, you know, like the, your Kanyes and your and your Jay Zs and all of that. Now, now when they get past that, you know, they sort of lose me because I don't know, I don't know who thought that it was a great idea to have your pants down below your butt.
1: <laughs>
2: you can't run if somebody get after you. You're gonna you're gonna fall. You're not gonna make it. You're not gonna make it. You know that, John. You, Ralph. Y'all know that you can't run with your pants down. Like that That wasn't a great idea. It wasn't. Like, I love hip hop. I love. Look, man. I admire these guys. You know they're able to come along and make money at this. But yeah. some of their some of their styling. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. I, I, I get it. I look at this
3: age with my
2: pants down, <laughs>
3: Here we are yelling, Daddy, is that you?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> no, nah, don't do it. Keep it clean. You know you're Don't do it. you out there with some pants down on your ankles. I'm giving it up. I'm turning in in. <laughs>
3: but, you know, mu- music is a form of art. And I, I've often, I've always said that. And I'd say that just because I look at the painting and it doesn't really move me, does not make the painting ugly, or unattractive, or doesn't make it worth anything. Uh, that's the thing that I've learned, and tried to keep that attitude for you know being in this business. To understand that music is constantly changing, and it's it's it goes in different directions, and you really got to keep yourself open to it, uh, to in order to understand it, to appreciate it, and to not put yourself in a position or in a place where uh, you, you reach a point where you hit that wall where you can no longer understand. Um, uh, just the different styles of music because it's all a language but it's also an art that we all sh- can and should be able to appreciate so the young ones i appreciate a lot of their stuff too though i don't know what the hell they're saying they still have my head bobbing right i'm just like oh okay. all right must be his cousin somebody talking about
0: you hey donna you just thinking about all that money you spent on the band members and hotels throughout the years that you could have saved man that's all that's what do you think
3: about you know man i cannot up you <laughs> Every time I see them walk up on the stage, oh like, yeah, test test one two one two. I'm like, can you count any further? Jesus, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, I hate them. I hate them all.
1: <laughs> so okay, we we okay. We know you have a strong feeling about it, Johnny. Um, do you ever feel pressure to mimic the sounds of trap R and B? And you know, any pressure for that?
3: no no i am i'm a musician so i'm inspired by sounds i'm inspired by melodies notes uh conversation it could come from anywhere for me so i keep myself open to all those things and i enjoy a lot of music uh that's out today and, and then it's, it's i i'm still inspired
1: mm-hmm. but it
3: doesn't i'm i know who i am would never compromise who johnny is and lose the essence of of who i am i i love and like I said, inspired by different music and can take a little bit of everything and still put it in here, but at the same time, maintain being who I am because uh, I'm secure with who I am and, uh, and not compromising that.
0: I'm finna compromise every month. I'm leaving the band home next time. I'm keeping all my money. <laughs> <laughs> I'm leaving my, the band, leaving the crew. I'm it's just gonna be me outside. I ain't gonna have no security or nothing. Uh, you okay. really gonna like Chuck Berry.
3: Chuck Berry shows up with his guitar his gun and his money and a rental car and then they meet him over there and he goes get his money, gets on play, and then he bounces. And you don't mean, have nobody yeah. family, just him. There, yeah, he I'm
2: just gives a gift Yeah, and that's, that's up. Just gonna plug
0: up. Let's go. <laughs> <laughs> yep. That's that's the future of the game for me, baby. I'm giving <laughs> it up.
1: Now how about blending today's producers with your voices? Is that something like what conscious music? Like with backstabbers?
2: That can they, well they've used this records in in so many in so many what do the kids do? They 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 take your track and put another song mm-hmm. over it. Yeah sample,
3: yeah.
2: yeah, sample your stuff and, and, and so so they they've been able I like I said before, I think they're genius because they're able to take something that's old. And make it brand new. They've been able to, you know, the, their melodies and the way they put melodies on top of this music today is very tricky and very smart and very on time. And I like, I like all of that stuff. Now, with me being with a new producer, and you know, I, I always had this attitude: a great song is a great song, no matter who's doing it. And if you can put your voice on it and get it on there straight, then it's gonna win.
1: Like that. And speaking of which, Johnny and Ralph, let's talk about your partnership because Ralph was a guest on Johnny's song, Perfect. And now Johnny is a guest on Ralph's single, All Mine. And both of you guys have your own record label. So tell us how it came together and how the partnership is structured. And if you guys are signing new artists to your
0: label. And for me, for me, excuse me, for me, Johnny, uh, I watched Johnny put his thing together as an individual. I watched him slowly go through the ups and downs and build his team and his, his staff together For first starting with the um, with the Still Winning album. I think that was the first wasn't his skills, was Still Winning. Then he went into the Game Changer. And now he's with the Game Changer too. So I was just watching him fine tune this thing that that we've always talked about, and you always talked about putting your own career in your own hands and making sure that you didn't have to go through anybody else to eat and make sure that down the line you wanna always be able to feed your fan, feed yourself without having to answer to no man. No other person's gonna tell you that you can't put records out, you can't continue to do what you do for a living. And I watched him slowly fine-tune in this situation where all these other labels would take artists from our generation and our era and kind of if some of them would take a chance with you because they knew you had a strong following they knew that you had a a nice career so they might take a chance with you and throw you against the wall and see what sticks but i watched johnny fight through all of that and put his own situation together where he wasn't he wasn't going to just be stuck up against the wall with a bunch of artists to see which one stick he was going to make sure he did the necessary things that the that the labels of of old used to do to make sure a record was in people's faces to make sure it got a chance to be heard and win and i watched him Go through the ups and downs where if somebody wanted to stop pushing a particular record because whoever he was in bed with at the time um, wanted to stop and he would, nah, I'm pushing it on my own. Stop putting his own money, his own, my, you know, it started moving it himself. And I watched him go around them and to wake them back up. Like once the record started picking up and moving stain and come back to him, all apologies and, okay, can, I, can we get the next one? And here's the money for the next one. You know, they started, they started listening a little more. So when I saw him do that, I, he came to me one day and said, man, what you going to do? Now that you see that, I'm up and run. will not you just come do your thing over here with me, man? You come do it and rock with me over here the way I'm doing. It. And I I have already been watching and a fan of how he had put it together. So it was, it just made perfect sense to me. It was easy for me to say, hey, that's my brother. I know he ain't going to throw me up against the wall and try to see if what sticks. He's going to take it serious. He's going to do my thing the same way that he does himself. That's and true. that's what he did. So when I got with him, I said, okay, I'm not going to go over and take some chance with somebody who, May or may not live up to their words, who may or may not take what we're doing serious. Uh, I'm going to go with my brother. And so we, he, he helped me put together um, a situation where the both of us teamed up as NasTap and as J Skill Records, and we went and found a distributor over in SRG and put out the single, man. And that's how I came to be back on the scene. Johnny sitting around saying, everybody's up and rocking with their own lanes as individuals, man. What you going to do? You're going to keep waiting around for another new edition run? You're going to keep making waiting around till, uh everybody else wants to move before you can go eat? Or you're going to keep operating and getting your thing up and running like you like you should be? And it just woke me up. It just woke me up out of this kind of, I've always been pro new edition, just out of this kind of a, almost a stupor, I call it. It's like, man, what am I sleeping on? What am I doing this for? They may never want to go back out again one day or one of these years. And I haven't opened up enough of my own lane to be able to, to be able to, to handle that, you know? So when he came to me, he was speaking from the heart, he was speaking as a brother who was concerned about me just sitting around and not really taking advantage of what I am and my own gifts and my own crafts. And yeah. and I, I said, oh, well, you know what? You're right, big bro. And so he sent me to, he came to me with the All Mine record. He's the one that song was sent to him. He said, I got something for you. I, I, think you want, I think you might want to hear this, man. It sounds like something you would do. I heard the record. And I immediately got what he was saying. I went and recorded it at his house. A few days later, about maybe four or five days later, he sent it back to me with him on it. And I heard that magic. I heard that combination that what we had on "Can You Stand the Rain" and then we had on "Perfect" and "Boys to Men." Throughout the years, when me and Johnny's textures meet the right way, they just seem to work. They bring the best of these two worlds together, almost like how Eddie, how Pop and and and, and his man. Well, I Whoa. can't remember. Yeah, man. Yeah. man, when that smooth with that roughness come together, it's funny that that's just. But it came. It came together like that. Me and Johnny kind of have a a, um, a thing that does what their voices do together. You know, yeah. when he comes with that, ooh, you're my darling, darling, and he just really smooth with it. And then Pop, you know, everything and how they just play. They work yeah. when they do it right. That's what me and Johnny's been kind of taking. We've grabbed the right. We've kind of grab that torch in a way and that sound and how those two textures work together. And I heard that on our mind and said, that's the one. And the rest has been history, man. That's how that's how me and his thing came together. We've always been friends ever since with that story he just told you about when we did the, the Heartbreak album with New Edition. And one day he just came to me after kind of assessing everything, he sat to me and said, man, what have I gotten myself into? And I said, welcome <laughs> to New Edition, man. And, <laughs> We haven't been boys and and looking out for each other however we can ever since then. And we still do it to this day. A lot of stuff we talk about and go through don't have nothing to do with music. Man, Johnny just wants to know what's going on with my family. Where am I sitting? I want to know about how his mom is doing, how his brother's doing. Um, You know, just stuff that don't have to do with the industry. Real real brother stuff, real friend stuff, man. That's what we talk about 90% of the time. Then we squeeze some music stuff in every now and then. Yeah. You know,
1: Interesting because sometimes it feels like almost like survivors remorse kind of, you know, you're so used to being part of a group that you want to do your individual projects and then you have this guilt of branching out on your own. How do you guys work through that guilt that it seems like that's a trending feeling a lot of times.
0: I've had that more than Johnny was started out as an individual. He was a, he was a solo artist mm-hmm. coming in the game
1: mm-hmm. and
0: then branched out into these different groups. And I started out in a group. So it, it more fits me and probably pop as well because they started out more in a group situation where trying to do your own thing, you felt selfish. You know, you feel a little bit like you're leaving everybody out. You just, you, I get that feeling more than I think Johnny has. How I got out of it as I watched everybody else just reaching for whatever they could grab on the way up. Like, as we moving the success path, watching everybody else grab stuff. I'm like, hey, hey, wait a minute. It's nothing. Hey, and I've got nothing to be guilty. <laughs> Once you see everybody else doing it, it's like, hey, I better get mine too before it's too late. You know, I just realized that that's what broke it down for me. Watching everybody slowly go after their own dreams and reach for all these other accolades outside of the group. That that brought my guards down. I said, okay, like, hey, I can go for mine too. I told you him,
3: know? I was like, come on out of retirement, man. What are you doing over
0: yeah. there? Time hey, to come out of retirement. No, he did. He came at me. came me as a real brother. So what you gonna do, man? What you gonna do? Everybody, BBD can move around. Bobby can move around as an. I can move around. We've etched these lanes for ourselves. What you gonna do? And I've kind of tapped on it here and there throughout the years, but never really did all of the things that I could have really done as as an individual.
1: And so it's not too late. You yeah, still right. here?
0: It's so that's how I'm about it. Be
1: honest. That's how I feel
0: the
3: most dangerous thing about Ralph to me is he reminds me of in, in the same kind of a situation that Uncle Charlie is in. Uncle Charlie was with the Gap Band for many, many years and they had gigantic hits. People didn't even, at one point, and the thing the difference about Ralph is everybody knows who Ralph is. And Uncle Charlie, they didn't know who he was, that he was the same guy from the Gap Band because uh, they, they never knew his name. They just knew the Gap Band. And when you look at, I was telling Ralph, when I look at his, his his career and I look at his track record and you look at all all of those hit records that he sang on for New Edition then you add his stuff and then to take what he has there that he's probably the most deadliest and the most dangerous one to uh, uh, if we had to all go solo and all of the uh, catalog that he has to work with (laughs) it'll be a long night (laughs) You know, well see I don't like none of these guys man. it'll be a
2: long <laughs> night
1: <laughs>
2: I don't like Ralph I don't like Johnny've you know, <laughs> been I've been
1: in I've been right, right,
2: right. a, a group forever forever and it was you know my mom that was my my home with these guys this this is uh these guys we grew up together and so when Gerald came to me and says, I got this record, uh, baby, hold on to me. Uh And so, and he says, I'm going to play it for you, dad. And I go in there and I listen to it. And I think, I'm thinking to myself now, he's been trying to tell me, dad, you need to come on and And Johnny knows this, dad, you need to come on and cut your own stuff. You need to be on, you need to do some different stuff. So I I listened to this record and I told him, I said, Gerald, I said, you know, that's a really great record. But I said, if you really want to make it really great, you need to put my voice on it. <laughs> <So> we... <laughs> he didn't want to do it. He didn't want to do it. He didn't, I, had to, I had to twist his arm. And so finally, when we did it, we did that. And then we did Wind Beneath My Wings. That was, it was never my intentions to, to leave the group. It was just that I, you know, I wanted to venture and do other things and more than just a group. I yeah. I, 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 I love the group. I, I, we did some great things together, but I also, there was other music that I wanted to feel that I couldn't do with the group. That's and right. So I, I, I had to venture out from there to do something different and never in, in the intentions to leave the group. I, You know, I'll be a, a, an OJ until I die. That's right.
0: That's right.
3: Mistake they made. I didn't make that mistake. I started out early as a solo artist. Then I went into the group. Back <laughs> out. Then, then I went to another group. Then <laughs> I came back out. So they could never just go, "Hey, are well, you trying to lead a group?" It's like, which one? Which group?
0: <laughs> <laughs> Man, if I only knew what I knew then. What I know now. Yeah, I mean.
2: absolutely. Because you got to
0: remember. The real story of Philadelphia
2: International is that when, when we first went there, everybody we recorded and uh, uh, Chess Records was distributing at that time. <laughs> Leonard Chess died and nobody got paid. So everybody grabbed their marbles and said, I'm going home, y'all ain't giving me no money. So when Gamel and Huff made their new deal with CBS, they, they, they were uh, they said, okay, they called, they called me up, say, guys, we got a new deal. Why don't you guys come on back to Philly and let's do some new stuff. This is before Backstabbers, because Backstabbers was coming. Up. So I went back to, I, I tried to tell the rest of them, Walt and Will and Bobby, come on, man, I'm going up to Philly, because Gamlin and them said they got a new deal, let's go do it. They, and, and they said, oh, no, nah, man, they didn't pay us. I ain't going. I don't want to go. I said, but man, that's as close as we ever got to being a real hit, to getting a real, the, the sound that we was getting with these guys were better than any sound that we've ever gotten. So mm-hmm. I'm going up here, man. I'm mm-hmm. going, so I, Kenny told me, he said, well, if they're not gonna come, you come on and we'll cut you.
1: Mm-hmm. So we got
2: up there. And I got to hearing the songs, like the backstabbers of You Are My Sunshine mm-hmm. and all of that stuff. And I love music. I called them up. I said, I said, Black people, y'all need to come on up here. Oh my <laughs> <God>. <laughs> I mean, y'all need to get on up here. But uh, because I was, that just shows you how much I was into the group. They wanted right. to reward me. I could have done that stuff. You know what I'm saying? I maybe could have been a Teddy Pendergrass, but my heart was still with the group. That's what wow.
0: I want. Wow, wow, wow! To think that yes. you—that was—that could have been the launch of your own yes, personal. absolutely, thing. absolutely.
2: And still got in there, and then conflicts, and then still, you know, with all of that going on, people still couldn't come to grips with where where they were. You know, you, you got to remember this is a this is something that that God gives you, you know, right. and and you need to take advantage of it, and you need to not not think that you're special because you got Johnny Gill, you got Ralph Tresvant, you got Stevie Wonder's, you got Marvin Gaye, you got Ronnie Isley, you got Charlie Wilson. So how special are you? Mm. Mm.
3: You know
2: what
1: I so fascinating just watching you gentlemen together. You know, I noticed how you call Eddie Pop, and there's such a beautiful mutual respect. And Eddie, I just have to say condolences on Gerald and Sean. I mean, my heart goes out to you. And um, I tell you, I got goosebumps listening to you mentioning Gerald and how he encouraged you. Um, oh, yeah. Yeah. Johnny,
2: Johnny, I tell you, how he was always on. Me about you need to cut your own record. You need to do your own stuff. You need to come on.
3: Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I'm so glad that he he got him. He finally did it. Sean used to just look at me and go, because I didn't record for about 16 years, he goes, just one. Just one. (laughs) (laughs) You're going to do just one. And I would go, I'm going to do it, man. I'm going to do it. Yeah, he ain't doing nothing. He ain't going to do it. (laughs)
1: <laughs> and I know
3: he had, I know, I know Johnny.
2: I know you had to drag around out of the house to do this. I oh my
3: God! I was like, "Come on, man! It's time to come out of retirement, baby. What we we'll doing? Come
1: on!" <laughs> I
2: remember one of their first gigs they did with the OJ's in Buffalo, New York, when they were yeah. just little boys. They wow. were just coming on the scene when they were still. Uh, What's my man's name that was
3: cutting you all in up in uh up in uh in Boston? Uh your man uh, uh, Mar- Far
2: East.
3: Far East. Yeah. uh Maurice.
2: Maurice. Maurice. Yeah Maurice, yeah. yeah. Maurice. Yeah. And when you when you when they were first when we did a gig with them in Buffalo, New York. Very first time. I'm talking about Well who is these little brats? <laughs> 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 we we gotta contend with this. <laughs>
3: Little <laughs> <laughs> right, right. <Yeah. laughs> that's you yeah. the little <laughs> right. stay. They
1: bring me bad luck. <laughs> <laughs>
2: right,
1: right, right. You guys are cracking me up. So I assume this surrogate father relationship started before. Was that before Gerald's passing or after? Or it's way eight.
2: before. You know, oh, because I knew them. Okay. I knew Bobby and you know, before he even married uh, Whitney. And, you know, him and Whitney used to come to our shows and just hang in the backstage Errol, all night until they put us out of the,
3: the building. They put us out of the building. And John- I met, I talked to Pop on the phone. Uh, he, I think he came, it might have been in LA when we was doing the, uh, we did the heartbreak tour. I'll never forget Pop telling me, I don't know who and how we got connected on the phone. And he told me, he said, said john man listen man you, you 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 gotta pace yourself man you gotta pace yourself man you 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 can't you can't do that man you 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 listen man you you, you want to be around for a long time you gotta pace yourself man you're going hard man you gotta pace yourself but well, johnny was going from,
2: from note one he was trying to kill every note john you gotta Taste yourself. <laughs> you go, don't try to kill him on every note. That was going to through. That's how my person
0: introduction. my <laughs> was trying to cut him bad. He was trying it to cut the, him. He the was around. He was trying to yeah. kill him. For blood I, every night. You know, man. I was
3: still remember you. They still going. Who was that guy? Who's the new guy? Who's the new guy? Because you know, I was still, I I didn't until I joined that group. That's what uh, gave gave me the opportunity and gave me that exposure. The kids and people who didn't know who I was. So it was like, when I leave about it 'bout here, if you don't know who I am, you'll know. <laughs> you got right. <laughs> yeah, because
1: remember me? I
3: ain't leaving nothing in here. I just want to make
0: sure you know. So then you start <laughs> hearing, oh, "Who's that new guy?" guy? <laughs> right on the nose, pop. Every night, John was trying to slay him. He was trying <laughs> to leave- look, look. His- Gave my, yeah. my, my, well, my. I gave
2: I, I had to tell him, come on John now. Uh, you just need to pace yourself. You trying to, you trying to, you're trying to annihilate these people, you, you can't do
3: these people like that. I'm okay, like, I need them to know my name. I need to get
1: my check too. Shoot. <laughs> <laughs> now, speaking of which, you then went on to LSG. And that, you know, more hits there. So that had to be interesting for you, Eddie, watching your son, your surrogate son performing together as well. Tell us how that came about and what you learned from that experience with LSG.
2: Well, that's once again, we're going to talk about business. These are three guys who came together to do business. And they didn't quite, they didn't see eye to eye. Now, Johnny and Gerald, they were just like two peas in in a pod. But, you know, Keith, Keith is, a, is, a, you know, Keith and I had all kind of records. <laughs> Keith is a he's, a, he's a, he's my son too, but he's he's a weird son. He's a weird.
3: <laughs> son. <laughs> 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 you
2: know, Keith does not suffer from from uh, uh, low self esteem.
3: Am I lying?
2: And so, working with the three of them, seeing them do what they do, and to see it be a success was just so gratifying for me because this was a dream that, that Joe had, Johnny had, and they had to talk Keith into it because
3: Keith, I'm not doing no choreography.
2: I ain't. Dancing. I
1: ain't
3: doing no. It used to be. I, me and Keith was just talking about this last week. We was talking about remember that time, and I was like, "Yeah, which time?" Because they would go at it for like him and Gerald go at it, and Gerald's like, "Listen, man, that's some bull, man. You, you's a selfish mother." And they'd be going at it. y'all, man. Like, yeah, be talking to me like that. I'm a grown man. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> me like
1: that.
3: <laughs> and then you can hear him screaming all down the hall. Ten minutes later, you want right here, Yeah, I want. To- <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they they ride back. Ride back. Go, your turn, your turn. I had front row seats at all, and I would be in there freaking, screaming, crying with tears coming out of my eyes. <laughs> and then yeah. we go we'd go and slam
2: and shut it down. <laughs> yeah, that that was the amazing part. They would go through all of this, all of this. Gerald, <laughs> <laughs> that cheek sweat. You know, Dad, I'm I'm on I'm on I'm on. I'm gonna kick his. I'm gonna really. And then they go out. And then they go out. Ten minutes later. The crowd would go crazy. The would go crazy. And then they come right back and drank a whole bottle of him. Yeah.
1: <laughs> <laughs> the brown liquor. <laughs> oh, those were
3: the freaking good old days. <laughs> so much fun. And Gerald could finish my sentence, I could finish his. I mean, that's, yeah, he was always like <laughs> just on that same page. It was uh, that. Let me tell you. Uh, and I remember Keith. Um, Sylvia didn't want Keith to do the, do that project with us. And originally, it was supposed to be myself, Keith, Gerald, and R. Kelly. Oh. And, and uh, yeah, Sylvia didn't want uh, Gerald. To, I mean, uh, uh, Keith to do it because he had just came off of his biggest album, yeah. like $4 million. $5 million. And she was like, "Why are you doing that? You did not do that." And Swev was like, "Yeah, man, yeah, you can't tell me what to do." You know what I'm
1: saying? <laughs> that's
3: it. That's it. <laughs> and he ended up doing it with us, and we, uh, it just, it was absolutely uh, a huge success. So, uh, I one that that's if there was ever one thing that I am so grateful that I got a chance to do in my life, in my career, and that was to work with both of my brothers, Keith and Jarrell. That's I, you know. Uh, what a blessing that
2: was
1: yeah. Eddie how was it for you stepping in for a few for a few performances after the passing of gerald um with lsG
2: very very you know look the only part i hate about it see they don't like to rehearse see i i like to rehearse they want they want me to you know come on man let's practice so i'll really know what I'm doing no you got it you got it, Pops. You you got No, I don't got it. I don't keep <laughs> I mean, I mean, them
3: on their toes. I mean... Like, come on, Pat. Come on. I mean, We're gonna <laughs> keep them on their toes. <laughs> you don't get get content, get comfortable. We like. I mean, I mean, really, really, Ralph. They would never rehearse. They didn't want to rehearse.
2: Man, I'm talking yeah, like, come on, is- guys. I need to learn the song. Yeah, come on, you got it. to
0: Don't worry about it. Don't worry about it. You got it. Donnie Gill, that's the Donny Gill oh. When we first was doing oh. doing this, Donny was like. I don't know about this choreography. I said, man, listen, that's the major part. That's a huge part of New Edition. What you mean you don't know about the choreography, man? Y'all just just wheel me out there in a the wheelchair. Let me hand, hand me a microphone. <laughs> <laughs> I don't think that's going to work, yeah. bro. Yeah. Right, right. <laughs> he, I thought, you know, now it seemed like Johnny was getting used to it, man. What's happening? You went, you you backtracked during the LSG days, man? Yeah. Well, no, Keith. Keep-
3: no, he was like, nah. <laughs> Keith, nah. I'm not I mean, doing that. girl nothing. like, yo, man, we got to do something in the back row. He's doing whatever. and Keith goes, yo, man, I'll be doing all that. You know what
0: I'm saying? Okay, that makes. Keith not be doing no choreography. He's used oh, to just. Girl, lit him man. up. He That's lit it. him up
3: and was making him have to do choreography. That was the funniest thing you ever tried to do in <laughs> your life.
2: <laughs> he, he look. He you if you mention choreography, oh, even oh, now if you mention
1: choreography,
2: you'll
1: turn hostile. How are you guys managing right now with COVID and not being able to go on tour and cause you guys talk about the high and loving being on tour? How are you guys handling this right now?
2: Mm. Yeah, well it's it, it it you know it's it's like uh Usually, I'm I'm never at home during this period of the year. We're usually on the road, going either coming or going, or, or we go out for the weekend. We're back on Monday and we're out again. But you know, this is the first time, Monique, that I've had a chance to really enjoy my house, and uh, uh, I, I I I get a chance to to sit around like nothing to do. But it's becoming. Um, a little pressing now because, you know, all money going out. Ain't nothing coming in. That ain't going to last long. <laughs> that
3: ain't gonna last long. So, right now, I'm a bum.
2: <laughs> yes, that's right. So, I, I, you know, we, uh, yeah, I miss it. I, I, I miss the people. I miss the camaraderie, most of all. The camaraderie of being with the guys of, being able to see or uh, passing some of the guys in the airport, or seeing some of the guys in the route of doing the work, um, and a lot of people that that you that you usually see and you able to say hello to, you don't have the chance now, and so it just it just seems like a little strange that you you are not doing what you you normally do. Now Eddie,
1: though, I did see your TikTok video with your daughter. <laughs> And your wife <laughs> so you still getting the moves in I saw you getting it in that,
2: that hurt Monique that really hurt <laughs> my back my leg
1: <laughs> and I see, I've been seeing your IG live you you're doing the IG live so yeah yeah, I, yeah.
2: Johnny did that with me Johnny we're gonna have to do that again Ralph you need to come on my IG live man
0: I gotta run in there one of these days, man. I don't be on none of the lives. I just started getting into it, pop. So I'm gonna, I'm gonna jump on it with you. Just let me know. All man. Right, for
2: sure, you gotta do it, John. We need to do it again because we didn't c- cover enough of the space. Yeah. Monique is covering everything.
1: You know? I'm, I'm trying. I'm like, yes. I know we don't have yeah. a lot of time, but I'm trying to get everything. What are you, Ralph, Johnny? What are you guys doing right now to kind of keep yourselves busy? So I'm
3: doing it. I like pop. him mm-hmm. right now, with all mine. He's, he's. Uh, he came out and 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 smashing them. So uh, his is out, got him up and running, getting ready to try to get his second single ready to go. And then uh, I got my third single that's getting ready to come off of the uh, Game Changer 2 album. Once this COVID thing had sh- shut down, we kind of shut everything down, but now we're getting ready to crank back up with the Game Changer 2 album. And uh, we're just going to keep putting out great music. I haven't heard anybody tell me yet they're tired of hearing great quality music.
0: So yeah. we we'll be rocking. On the same page, gearing up for the next movement. I feel like somebody just took my favorite toy away, man. Sitting in the house, yeah. not being able to move on these stores uh, on, these, on these stages, man. You know, like Pop said, usually around this time we're doing something in front of somebody's crowd, in and out, making sure that you know we're a part of just just what we've been doing all our lives, man. When it's something that you've been doing for years and years and years, and all of a sudden you can't do it, or you don't know when you're gonna be able to do it again, it's 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 kind of surreal. It's kind of you know, it's kind of scary to me because, like Pop said, man, you're just watching stuff go out, and you're not yeah. watching any, no real projection on how to bring it in. Putting out these records and be able to move around and do these things online, they they cool, but it's nothing like that live interaction, that that like Pop said, the camaraderie when you got your other band members and your bandmates, um, the the audience right there, live feedback in front of you. That's that's what I'm used to. I'm not used to feeling it through the phone and not really being able to feel that electricity that's in the room and in the air when you perform and stuff like that. So I'm I'm kinda going through withdrawals, man. I gotta get back out there. I don't know what's going on with me, man. You gonna catch me in the corner looking like looking like one of the movies with Chris Rock and one of the in the movie when he's like, hey, I got it. Hey, I got
3: it.
1: Yeah, it's,
0: it's really tough, but Doing these records, finding these new singles, trying to finish this album, that's been taking up a lot of that space. So I know that in between then, that's usually one of the one of the um, the in between stages anyways, putting the records together, putting the music together for another run. So that's helping me kind of offset the feeling of not being able to go out there. Hopefully by the time it's up and running and really dropping the album and the rest of the project. That some of this is over, man. It'll be to be in a space where we can actually get back in there and feel that type of energy. You know, that live, live energy. That's yeah. that's what I'm hoping. Well, now before let you guys, oh go,
1: I'm sorry, go ahead. No,
2: well they're saying we won't be able to get back to work until twenty twenty one, around August or September of next year, man. That's what they're saying.
1: That's that uh, something?
2: That's
1: something. Now, before I let you go, we have a historic election coming up—a game changer election, no pun intended—and I mean, I've already seen the love train uh, Biden Harris video with you and the OJs. I like
3: that. I just told Pop about that earlier. So,
1: I love it. What, like, what are some other things you guys can do to help push people to vote and get out there?
2: They need to understand that this is uh, uh, the the voting. You know, and plus now with the with the with the with the Republicans in, that are in office now, they're trying to uh, 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 say that you know mail-in voting don't count, and so now we're going to discredit that. Uh, they're trying to uh, divert our attention from the fact that they just shot this guy in the back seven times uh, in his car with his back to him. They're diverting our attention. That they're they're passing laws that does not uh, that, that that don't uh, it's not for colored people of color. They're passing laws and they're doing things that uh, you know. And I don't understand how some of my counterparts uh, who are Trump supporters are going to look over some of these things that we're talking about. I can't forget about their hanging and, and lynching and, and burning and bombing and that they have done. I'm gonna always remember it. I might forgive you, but I'm not gonna forget. Do you understand? And anybody who feels like uh, we've come a, great, a, a long ways now and that era is over with, I'm telling you, you're dreaming. Because these people, at, at, at the end of the day, their bottom line is that we're gonna use force if we have to. We're gonna use bullets. We're gonna use bombs. We're gonna do whatever we can to keep things the way they are. And that's, that's what we're dealing with. We're dealing with evil. And it's, it's about good versus evil. That's what we're
1: at. I agree.
3: Yeah. yeah, And we need people to get out there to and the vote, but I'm not going to just try to be politically correct and say, get out there and vote. I'm saying, get out there and vote and get Trump up out of there. So I'm mm-hmm. not just talking to be correct. I'm,
1: talking,
3: <laughs> I'm going direct to you, to all of you that are voting, that I'm asking to vote. I'm asking you to give us your vote to get Trump out of office. This is not about politics. This man is beyond politics. I don't have a problem with Republicans and Democrats and them having their own ideology of what they believe the world is supposed to be and their opinions. I get all of that, not a problem. But this guy is beyond, this is not, it's got nothing to do with politics. And if you send, if we send an Ameri- a message to, to the world and then America that this is the kind of leadership that we, we're willing to accept and this is who we got running and the mouthpiece for us as Americans, I'm just trying to tell you, we have lowered our standards to the lowest of the lowest. And at this point, knowing what we know about him, seeing all the things that we've seen about him, this shows nothing that has to do nothing with just politics. This is just a horrible, mean, malicious, evil human being who's got no business being in nobody's office, running nobody's business, but his own. And it is up to us to make the difference, to show up and to show out and figure out what we need to do get started early with the voting. So if we know we're going to have these kind of issues, let's get started as quickly and as soon as we can. Absolutely. just want to make sure our votes count because this is very, I, I don't want a John Lewis life to be in vain. I think what he said before he left here, I believe that, and I'm hoping and praying that if for no other reason for, the, for this man's hard work that he put in, that we will prevail and do what we're supposed to do, do our parts to make a difference and get this guy out of office and bring just a human being in office. I don't care whether you're Republican or Democrat. It doesn't matter. But let's put a human being back in office.
1: <laughs> I love, that should be a hat. <laughs> I, like that. I like that. That's great. How about for you, Ralph?
0: Stand up on it. My brother said it all, man. What else can you possibly say? We have two birds that flock together, you know? Yeah. The same feathers. We flock together, so. I, I have this, I, my sentiments exactly. There's nothing to be added and never subtracted from what he just said. I could sit here and try to just make something that sounds greater or better and it's not going to happen. He hit it on the nose, man. We got to get somebody better in office, stop all this division, stop all this uncertainty and give us a sense of the country being steered back in the right direction, the direction that we know it needs to be going in. It should have been going in a long time ago, but you know, we have four years of trying to, um, uh, feel our way through this one and we see where that's gotten us let's not do it for another four let's get this one done the right way
1: absolutely absolutely well you guys i this has been so much fun i could talk to you guys for a few more hours um but i so enjoyed my time with you guys and thank you guys for making exceptional music for being exceptional men, for showing the world what classy dignified black men do and look like um, I'm so thankful for you guys and thank you so much for being on Music Day of Verified Hits.
0: Thanks, thank man. you. Thank you, Miss Monique. All right.